0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: Order of business this morning in Duval County. More thorough vetting, apparently. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. So think about this. I hope you had a good weekend. It was a rough weekend for the Jags. Yet another rough one coming off a a ton of rough weekends when you go 1-15. But here's the deal. Friday morning, we're on the air. We're off the air in about, I don't know, five minutes, 53 seconds later, whatever it was, you know, Stickler always got to give you the exact, not six minutes key, five minutes, 53 seconds, you turn on the ACC network, you turn on ESPN2, Trevor Lawrence is having what turned out to be a fantastic pro day, yes, I guess, it's all scripted, you saw Meyer standing there behind him like he was his fullback, like it was a game, he was out on the field, 17 teams were there to watch Lawrence, but only one guy from one team was out there on the field, he had to be thrilled with what he saw, that's how his Friday started, (laughs) his Friday night Ended late Friday night with the resignation of the team's director of sport performance, Chris Doyle, who you may have heard last week, parted ways with Iowa after 20 years after some racial inequities in the program that were laid upon his feet. Meyer hired him. Doyle resigned Friday night. Friday morning, it's my future. I got him. He's Lawrence. I can't wait. Let's salivate. Let's make this happen. Friday night, my first big mistake. Mike DiRocco, our Jags reporter with the team every day, saying don't worry about this weekend. When OTAs start, especially for some of the black players, watch out.
2: When these guys get back, they're going to want to get in front of Urban Meyer and they're going to ask him to explain himself. And they're going to ask him, why did you feel like you needed to do that? Why did you feel like that was okay?
1: What do you think, Key? That's about as blunt as it comes, and I think that question is very fair. Yeah, I I think
3: uh, Duraco certainly got it right, and I said this all along to you guys, and I said it on our show. Uh, Chris Doyle will not make it to the start of the football season. Well, they got rid of him immediately.
1: 24 hours.
3: 24 hours (laughs) once this kind of steamrolled. And then when you think about the players, not just black players, white players also that have some sort of spine realized that their head coach aligned themselves with someone that he probably shouldn't have at all whatsoever. He shouldn't have even thought about that. What went to what went into Urban Meyer's thinking how he could be the only person that really could truly tell you the real answer? I mean, like, it, tone deaf, whatever we want to use to describe the decision that was made by Urban Meyer. And yes, he said that it was vetted by the general manager and the owner. Okay, but that's fine, too. But your name is on it. You signed off on it. And so you're now, as a player, have got to answer to me and tell me what you were thinking, why you thought that that was okay. I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. No, I'm not. Now I'm going to be watching you because I don't know you. So now I'm going to be watching every move you make, Jay. Every time something comes up, I'm watching you, and I'm paying attention closely. And the only way that you're going to get out of that is you going to have to win big and mm-hmm. fast. And I mean, like, really fast.
0: You know what, though, Key? I, I think I, I did see a trait that would make me think that Urban Meyer could be successful as an NFL head coach. Now, was it a dummy decision to bring in a guy like Chris Doyle, even though I know what it, it would affect his bottom line as it relates to from a training perspective, but optically it was a horrible move, right? But, look, it, he got feedback very quickly, And they pivoted very quickly. And the one thing we do know about being an NFL coach or being an NBA coach or to coach at any high level is your adaptability. If you can receive feedback from people and you can adapt, right? Because it would have been easy for a coach who was stuck in his ways to say, hey, you know what? I know other people don't like the hire. I know there's a firestorm around the hire. I don't care. I'm going to do it my way. I didn't see that Urban Meyer, which actually makes me think, I don't like the move, but it makes me think, okay, maybe – Maybe he does have the chops to be successful with his ability to adapt quickly at this level. So you know, when you do
3: things in college sports and football, basketball, whatever it is, Jay, you have the NC two A to a degree, right? You have the athletic department, athletic director, depending on who you are, you may be bigger than the athletic department and athletic director and the president of a university. And Urban Meyer has been able to navigate his way through those three things in college football. But when you get into the NFL and the media gets a hold of you, that's one thing. That's one. The players get a hold of you, that's two. Now there's something called the the, the Fitz Pollard Alliance. Mm-hmm. When they get a hold of you, when you're dealing with minority issues and they get a hold of you, that's what made that pivot. Once mm-hmm. they made the decision to get involved, Zubin, now Urban Meyer's like, oh, I didn't have that at Ohio State. I didn't have that to deal with at Florida. Well, you got it to deal with in the National Football League.
1: It's a great point. But
0: go ahead, Joe, go ahead. I was Jeff. just going to say, though, Key, like, I don't understand, you know, if you're making a hire like this with that kind of track record, where's Shaq Khan? And I, I know that Shaq Khan as an owner doesn't need to be in the details of the minutia of the staff, but obviously when a, when a hire like that it's about to be made. And you have one of the few minorities that actually own an NFL team. I, I wonder where his conversation was and where his influence was in either letting that decision happen and then kind of retracting it. Or was he involved from the beginning? I, I really I'm want sure, to understand more context around that. I'm,
3: I'm sure he was told the situation. I'm sure he met him, talked to him over the phone or whatever. And you, you can only get as much information as one is giving you, right? I resigned. I yeah, do some detail reports on that. you got to know that's coming I, along with it. But, though. yeah, you your head coach is signing off on it. A guy you just paid a ton of money to, he's signing off on it and saying everything is okay. If the noise wasn't loud, he would have still been the strength and conditioning coach. Once the noise got loud and people said, no, man, we're not doing this, at that point it was nothing. You know, the first day or two, it was no noise. It was easy to do. It was quiet because you can't feel the pulse of, of the individuals that's out there in the world that don't stand for this type of behavior by a strength coach. You can't feel that pulse. We don't how could know. You
0: re- how could you realistically think there wasn't going to be noise that was coming along man, with man, this hierarchy? Hey, that's that's how, the tone that part how, where you're like, damn.
3: How many owners do you see do things and they get backlash later on because they didn't see it coming? because they just live in their own world in their own bubble and they think it's going to be okay because words mean things in this, in this situation, Zubin, right? right? Fired versus resign, resign versus retired. All of those little nuances mean things. And when you come to your owner and you say, well, he wasn't technically fired. They didn't find any wrongdoing. <laughs> they, I'm Red, just, light. It, Red flag for me. They Red flag. Find, Wait. They didn't find any wrongdoing.
1: Here's two things you have that's to consider. What, that's what they sell. Right. Here's two things you have to consider. Number one, Shad Khan is from Pakistan and went to the University of Illinois after immigrating to the United States. I wouldn't say he knows the African-American experience, right? So he yeah. doesn't understand what his players are thinking, his black players are thinking, because yes, he's an immigrant. Yes, he looks like me and he kind of looks like you, but I wouldn't lump all minorities in. In this particular case, yes. the NFL is a largely black league and this is basically the only Pakistani guy that's ever been involved in the league in its 101 years. So I think you, gotta, you gotta have to have a divide there. He's coming from a completely different world as a minority. He's not going to be able to see it. Second thing, Fritz Pollard Alliance, for those that don't know, Fritz Pollard was actually the first African-American coach in the history of the NFL. He and Bobby Marshall were the first two black players in the NFL about 101 years ago. The organization, to Keys Point, gives out a report card every year in every single sport and essentially says, look at the minority hiring and says, you get an A, you get a B, you get a C, you get a D, you get an F, whatever the case may be. And they have had some real trouble gaining traction over the years. A lot of times the NFL will say, thank you, appreciate it, thanks for your support, thanks for your input, but they're not taking it seriously. They're there to mentor, network, help everybody. But this is a big win for the Fritz Pollard Alliance because even though Chris Doyle is not a head coach, they were able to extract somebody that they didn't feel felt that belonged in the league. Part of the statement that the Fritz Pollard Alliance put out after the departure resignation of Doyle, quote, Doyle's departure from the University of Iowa reflected a tenure riddled with poor judgment and mistreatment of Black players. His conduct should be as disqualifying for the NFL as it was for the University of Iowa. In in summation, key it's an L for Urban Meyer, it's an L for Chris Doyle, and this is not going to be a big victory lap W because they want to affect head coaching change. Yes, but the Fritz Pollard Alliance it's is being lis- it's being listened to, and uh-huh. that's something I think sadly had not been the case in many years.
3: Well, it's a start, and. In- you know, whether or not – for Urban Meyer to get back on good terms with some of his players and team and, and, and coaches and things of that nature, because he has the power in Jacksonville, he's going to have to explain. There's no question about it, and he, and he knows that, and people in the organization know it. But he's got to win, and he's got to win fast in a big way. And if he does win fast in a big way, he can always say, you know, I didn't realize that this was the way that – it was going to be. He
1: can always use that as an excuse.
0: Winning cures all illnesses.
1: That's that's probably the best way to submit to, for the summation. Jay, you're absolutely right. It's going to be tough, though. We got to go from one in fifteen, and you got to win now. Even the greatest of coaches have been given more time than that. We'll see. Well, he did it to himself. Th- that is fair. That is fair. What does JJ Watt being released mean for Deshaun Watson, and where might Watt land? We asked our front office insider. Now we'll ask. Our NFL insider, so many choices. She's on the way. But first, the undefeated on ESPN Plus offers fans year-round premium content highlighting the intersection of race, culture, and sports. Check out new premium storytelling, your favorite ESPN films, and more exclusively on ESPN Plus, And you can sign up now at ESPN Plus.com. Make sure to check out the new all-access docu-series, Why Not Us, North Carolina Central Basketball, which debuted... Just three days ago. Executive produced by the NBA All-Star Chris Paul and R. Stephen A. Smith. Find the series exclusively on The Undefeated on ESPN+. Plus. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. J.J. Watt, he's being released by the Houston Texans. He's
4: going to have multiple suitors. I'm going to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers, Tennessee Titans, Buffalo Bills. Last one let's go Baltimore Ravens. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet?
0: Bubba Wallace became the first African-American to compete in the Daytona 500 since the pioneering Wendell Scott in 1969. In 2020, Wallace came to the forefront of the sport when he successfully convinced NASCAR to ban displays of the Confederate flag and by driving a car prominently featuring the hashtag Black
1: Lives Matter. That's the voice of Bill Roden, one of the great African American journalists of our time, and it was it was high time I think for something to happen at the Daytona 500 yesterday when Bubba Wallace, as Bill so eloquently said there, first guy to compete since Wendell Scott. He really was a pioneer if you're a NASCAR fan. But Bubba Key led lap 129. It was the first time he led a lap in the Daytona 500, and he ended up finishing 17th. There was a fiery crash there towards the end, but a history making day How many for cars? Bubba Wallace. But that, that crash was several cars, but you got about 30, no, I mean, 40. I how many
3: cars in the race? Oh, it's like
1: 30 to 40 usually, yeah. 30 so to he 40.
3: Fi- finished in the middle of the pack.
1: Yeah, 17th, and uh, obviously this is the first foray for Michael Jordan, so perhaps the best is yet to come.
3: 17 amongst 40, so he's above the middle of the pack.
1: Yep, indeed, and he lost the lead to Denny Hamlin, the two-time champion who also is associated with... Love his pajamas. <laughs> yes, as that we learned. For, that was for Evan. <laughs>
0: That was the last joke Friday. that didn't go over well? Yeah, yeah having yeah. me
3: look like a damn fool. I don't, I don't
0: know that. why you repeated it. Just because he says it in your ear doesn't mean you have to say it.
3: Well, no, he wanted me to say it. He's, he continued to say, ask him about his pajamas, ask him about his pajamas. I'm like, how's your pajamas?
1: <laughs> you got what you wanted. You got what you wanted. So that history-making <laughs> moment for Bubble Wallace with the NASCAR world watching. A history-making moment for this woman with, honestly, the sports world watching.
4: There's... No more grass ceiling, not just glass, but the grass, the turf. To be broken, it's shattered. It is shattered, and
0: for little girls out there like my daughter, uh, they know that seeing it is believing it, and you can go and do anything you want
2: to do.
1: Great stuff there from Sarah Thomas, who became the first official to take part on a Super Bowl crew. She did it in Super Bowl 55, the Bucks. Over the Chiefs, that was last Sunday, and on this following Monday, we're joined by Kimberly Long A. Overdue. Yeah, Sarah Thomas was actually on the first take her take podcast for what you just heard on that podcast that Kimberly does with Charlie Arnold. Uh, excuse me, <clears throat> Charlie Arnold and <laughs> Shanae Akumake. Sorry, it's a little <laughs> early for me. That's take a sip right, of the water. Sir. Take just a sip of the water. water Zoom, you'll be all right. <laughs> new new episodes available every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. So that's a watershed moment to have somebody like. Uh, Sarah on their program as they just get First Take, Her Take going. And Kimberly joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. Tell us about the podcast. Tell us about Sarah Thomas and what we can expect moving forward.
2: Hello, hello. Good morning. Um, Yeah, for First Take, Her Take, it is, you know, our version of what you see every day with Max and Stephen A. It's just uh, three women talking sports like we would at a bar, we would at the grocery store. Uh, myself, Charlie, and Chene, we come from it, come at sports from different angles. Today, is a former player, Stanford WNBA, myself is a, a longtime reporter, and Charlie, who we've seen hosting First Take. Um, yes, yeah, for us to have Sarah Thomas as our first guest, you know, we were like we were the first people to talk to her in our first interview after. Uh, you know, officiating in a super role, that was big. And what I loved about what she said, you played in that clip, you know, this isn't, it's, it's, the, the ceiling's been shattered in, in some respects and you want to be what you see. And so now they're going to be little girls like her daughter, but more importantly, she also talked in a, in our interview about her sons and, and how it's important that they get accustomed to seeing strong Fearless, brave, you know, independent, you know, uh, aggressive women in whatever um, venue they may may be in, and that's a good lesson for her children. And it's a lesson for, I think, a lot of adults walking the earth right now. So it was great to talk to Sarah, Kimberly
3: A. Martin. I am waiting for my invitation to rate the uh, first take, her take, because I have yet to get one, but that's a whole nother story. I don't know why. The,
2: it's like the, you know, it's like the deli counter. You got to take a number. Like we, we are Ooh. coming to you, please. but you know, there's, there's a whole system. So just take a number sit i be patient right. The you. system
0: holding you back, kid, the <laughs> system holding you down.
2: That's all right. Three, three. That's all right. I, I, no
3: problem. I'll, I'll sit tight. And, I'll sit tight. I'll go take a seat in the back and wait for my number to be called.
2: <laughs> I can make that joke with you. Cause you know, I'm playing, you know, I would love to have you
3: on No, I, I know. Uh, Not playing are the Houston Texans. They released J.J. Watt last week, which Mm -hmm. the word release, I mean, you can look at it a lot of different ways. What's the best landing spot uh, for J.J. Watt?
2: Any team that is complete or the defense is complete and just needs a little oomph. And what I mean by that is, A, J.J. Watt has already said, I'm trying to – I'm trying to get a championship here, right? You are not – if you're a prospective team, you're not going to get a player who's playing every down, right? But on those third down plays he, where he can sort of pin his ears back or he's he's just a big body guy that even though he's not going to play every minute, he can still be a difference maker. But why I say a complete team or a, or a defense that pretty much has all the pieces is because – you just want a little spice and that's what JJ Watt gives you. Like you're getting a complimentary player. You know what I'm saying? Like not a cornerstone piece, but he, it, he can be productive. I think to me, obviously like if you're, if you're the bills, you go after him. If you're, if you're the bucks, like shoot, they just pick up people and say, let's run it back. You know, I can see the Titans obviously because of the Ravel connection. He was in Houston. He knows JJ. Um, Although they picked up Clowney and everybody was like, oh, the Titans pencil him in into the AFC title game. Oh. And Clowney was not the difference maker that people thought he was going to be last season, you know, especially on top of the fact that he got hurt. So I think any team right now, if you are like one step away, if you are any of the teams that, that were one step from the title game or in the title game, that's the guy you get.
3: Mm, okay. let me Let me ask you this, Kim, because – I don't necessarily feel this way, but out there in the universe, in the sports world, whether, the it's, fans, whether it's fans or reporters in sports, people feel like J.J. Watt is being treated or was being treated differently on his release request versus Deshaun Watson's trade request. There's a release request mm-hmm. versus a trade request Can you explain Mm -hmm. to me, Jay and Zubin, what the difference might be?
2: Listen, people, if anybody feels like it's unfair that J.J. Watt was released or granted his release, however you want to say it, please have a seat and calm down because these two players are not the same. Not at all. When you're talking about J.J. Watt, how did I just describe him? He is a complimentary piece who can make plays for you. Deshaun Watson is a franchise QB. If you're the Texans, you're looking at it honestly like you're trying to evaluate this roster, like JJ having JJ Watt on your defense is not bringing you a step closer to winning a Super Bowl. Having Deshaun Watson, now that's a whole different story. There are tons of teams who wish they had a QB like Deshaun Watson. So many teams need a QB or a QB away from making a run. So that's why for the for the Texans, it's not a question about whether we wanna keep show Desha- like they you need Deshaun Watson. He's the one he's the one thing that makes you say, Okay, every game I think they have a chance because of Deshaun. So no, this isn't a, oh, how come Deshaun wants to get out and they're not granted him but JJ What? That's my that's my like my voice for anybody who's saying something silly. So um, it, it, they're just different players, and you're going to get different things. Like J.J. Watt, he should let him go, win a championship with somebody because you know he only has a couple more years if that left in the league. Deshaun Watson, he's got plenty more.
0: Kim, I need your raw and unfiltered opinion on this. Um, All right, Crystal, yeah, Crystal Oil was hired, and then oh. he resigned. What is your take?
2: Here's the thing. My favorite quote is from Maya Angelou. When people show you who they are, believe them. There is nothing about Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer has showed, shown us over the years in college who he is. He's going to do what he wants to do. No one's going to check him. He's going to – and make no mistake, Chris Doyle does not have a job today. Not because Urban Meyer had a change of heart and realizes, like, oh, damn, you know, I really should have really vetted this properly. This man told us in the press conference, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. We vetted him. I've known him for 20 years, so it's fine. It's the backlash. That's the reason Chris Doyle does not have a job. So, to me, people shouldn't think that Urban Meyer has learned his lesson. This is a different situation in college. Urban Meyer doesn't have – isn't the most important man in Columbus – or, or, or Gainesville anymore. You know, like this is NFL where things you do as a head coach, everybody's going to be noticing. Everybody's going to be writing about that. Everybody's going to be commenting on them and he's not going to change who he is, which is unfortunate because there's no reason when you look at all the qualified people out there, there's no reason that you would say, you would not give a clear explanation as to why you thought that baggage was enough to overlook, to hire this man and then turn around. 48 hours later, whatever the case may be, and let him go.
0: So, Kim, you're saying that you are probably going to see a series of things from Urban Meyer over the next couple of years that probably make it tough for people to root for him? Is that what you're projecting?
2: Well, you know, with Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer is used to not being checked. Like, he's the guy. He's gotten to Jacksonville, and it's like, okay, try like, okay, do your thing. Like, I'm going to take a step back. Like, you run this however – because that's the urban experience. He's shown he can win games in college, but there's nothing on his resume that has shown you that he can be a leader of grown men making money who are bigger than him, who are like, have families, have like their own ideas and personalities. And like, this is not college. So there's nothing that Urban has shown us to this point. He is a great college coach, but can that translate to the NFL? We are gonna see. For Jacksonville fans, I hope it does. But there's nothing that tells you, oh, yes, Urban, this is a slam dunk. He, the Jaguars are going to be in the Super Bowl like you book it. No, we're going to see him try to be Urban within an NFL setting, and time will tell if it works. Kimberly A.
3: Martin on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, <laughs> ESPN, NFL reporter, is joining us this morning. Let me ask you this one before we let you get out of here. Right now, Carson Wentz is – on the move potentially from the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you surprised that the Eagles are not getting the necessary value offered to them for Carson Wentz at this stage where we are today?
2: No, two reasons. Whenever you're negotiating, you ask for a lot more than you think you're going to get. Start high, because eventually you hope that both sides will land in the middle, right? Unfortunately, the Eagles are trying to sell everybody on the 2016 Carson Wentz. And the problem with that is, We just watched the 2020 Carson Wentz, and it was not cute. So you can there are a lot of issues going into why did Carson Wentz regress? Whether it's you know protection, whether it's Peterson, that connection didn't work. Whether it's play calling, whether it's roster management and who's drafting and who's deciding who plays and who doesn't. All those things could be factors, but at the end of the day, we have we've seen flashes from Carson Wentz like this kid could be a stud. And then we've seen really inconsistent play. And if you're trying to unload a guy with that huge salary cap hit and that contract, and he didn't play well, and the team hasn't played well, it's really hard to say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll take this guy who you don't want. Sure, we'll give you first round. How many first rounds do you want? It, it's, it, no team is going to do that. So, yes, Eagles start high. But understand, to move him, you've got to change the strategy a little
1: bit. Yeah, I agree with all your rationale, though, of course, you know that uh, in a quarterback needy lead, all they're going to do is look at that 2016 win and say that 2020 win is an aberration. That's the way football goes. I just want to remind uh, everybody before I uh, choke and die here on the show. that. <laughs> this do is the that. most important Jeez. thing. Jeez. This is the most important thing. I got a pumper podcast and my voice gave out right at that moment. So, again... Yeah, it was a little rough.
2: It was a little rough, Zubin, so right, do it again.
1: Let, let me give you a mulligan right here, the day after the AT&T <laughs> Pebble Beach Pro-Am by Keys Neck of the Woods. Kimberly A. Martin, co-host of the First Take, Her Take podcast with Charlie Arnold and Shanae Gumake with new episodes dropping every Wednesday and the first exclusive post-Super Bowl interview with Sarah Thomas. How was that? I'm still waiting in How was line. that? Was that good?
2: We got you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have my people call your people, Keyshawn. Right. That was great, Zubin. And, and, you know, we're going to work on it.
3: I'm ticket number seventy, and so far y'all at three. So I got a long ways to go.
1: Hey, if the first guess is any indication about the big names that'll show up, it looks like it's off to a great start. Thanks for the perspective this morning, Kimberly. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. All
3: right, A. We're gonna go All right, N- A. Oh,
1: you're still on that. We're gonna go N B A after this Sports Center update.
4: 35 seconds. Step back. Three-pointer. Yeah. it! Damian Lillard from way downtown. And the Blazers take the lead. 119-116. Dame mm. distance. Lillard time. Call it mm. all of those things. 119-116. The Blazers in front.
1: And that's how it would end, as heard on Rip City Radio, over the Dallas Mavericks. Go-ahead three from game time. Never a bad time for game time. With 32 eight to go his 33rd career go-ahead make in the final minute of a game and after a rough patch the blazers with Carmelo playing a little better too the blazers are on fire they've won 6 of 7 including four straight there was no way a roster that talented was going to be able to be held down that longer jessica pagula surname sound familiar if you're a buffalo bills fan it certainly does or a sabers fan she is the daughter of the owner of the Bills and the Sabres, and she is quite the tennis player in her right. She's moved on to the Australian Open Quarter Finals. one of the lowest-ranked women to reach the quarters at the Aussie Open in about 14 years. She sits at 61st. We'll continue to monitor. We're about halfway through the year's first major in tennis. Black history always to celebrate great moments in black history. Reggie White retiring on this day. In 1999, second all-time in career sacks, but it was his impact off the field that ended up changing the NFL for the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of players that came after him because of unrestricted free agency. He filed a watershed lawsuit, joined the Green Bay Packers, paid Manning, Tom Brady, right there, along with Reggie White as three of the most impactful, important free agents, unrestricted free agents in NFL history. But if it wasn't for Reggie White, nobody else has the opportunity to get there, SportsCenter presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. I told you we were going to go NB, Kimberly A. That's better than Keyshawn, who usually has one finger up at me when he's angry. Let's go. Jeez. We're running the point. It's just, you know, sometimes it's, it's tough. Now,
3: Starting? now, now, <laughs> what, now what? Zooming and painting me as an angry man. No,
1: not at
0: all. You're, ang- you're disgruntled and you're, you're angry. Angry, kid, disgruntled. You know? What, a lot what, of what negative one? words. At,
3: yeah. at 6.01, one? you were telling
1: us you were listening to serial killers at 6.01. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not the, guy that's, <laughs> not the guy
3: that's doing it. I look at serial killers pretty much every day. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, Try to get in the mind of them. I like to sit down and really have a conversation with someone. It's never the no. guy you expect. Why do you, guess? you get that to yourself? Because Why? I really
1: want to know what's going on in their mind. Like, what the hell is wrong with you people? It's never the guy with the glasses and the red sweater. The guy you never think could be doing anything. Yep. Suddenly comes out of it's always the guy wearing all black. <laughs> when we return, the moment it snapped. <laughs> all right. Let's get back. We get my sanity back. We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. We're running the point. Five fingers are up. Jay's five biggest things. So let's start with, of course, number.
4: At five.
1: Is LeBron up for an Academy Award? Jay, I know he wants to go into Hollywood after his career ends. What are you talking about?
0: I mean, the, the, the play that the NBA fined him 5K for for his first defense of flopping against Memphis the other night was just pure brilliance. I mean, I need to see more of it. The NBA needs to get away of this rule from fining people for flopping. It is incredible to watch the performances. LeBron James is trying to be boxed out by Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is nowhere really close. He just flops back, throws the whole body. LeBron has done this a lot of his career because he takes a lot of punishment from people physicality-wise. But still, when it happens, it's incredible to see, Keith. Key, what do you think? He's just
1: too talented of a player to do it. We'll get Key's thoughts on the way afterwards. Obviously, this is Key's team. Speaking of Key's team, number... At four. No AD
0: equals no Larry O'B. Take me inside the math here. Look, man, we saw what happens when somebody has an Achilles strain. We saw that with Kevin Durant a couple of years ago. The one piece of advice for the Lakers is if this is a strain, you give him as much time as possible to heal. He got taken out of last night's game because of the strained Achilles. You don't let him force it because if you don't have AD, there's no Larry OB. There's no Larry O'Brien trophy. This is not happening for this team. I don't care what anybody says. I know LeBron is incredible, but you need superstars to win championships. And Kyle Kuzma and company, they're good but they're not that good without AD on the floor.
1: Great point. Woj is going to join us here in just over an hour for the latest, if there's anything that he can add after the injury last night. Next up. At three. Giannis is right. Here's what the Greek freak said Friday night after the Utah Jazz dropped 129 on his bucks.
3: It's not um, something to be upset about. Or for straight. It's going to be hard at first, and especially if you play the best team in the West and you, changed things. I've been in practice yesterday. You know, and uh, it just looks fun. Like, when I watch them play, it looks fun. It looks easy. It looks simple.
0: Hmm. Well, I will say this. Giannis is absolutely right. I mean, look, the the Lakers have been really struggling their last couple games. They've been winning games. Yes, you heard me correctly, Key. Giannis is absolutely right. Do you know the Utah Jazz have won their last 18 of 19 games? And only two of those wins have actually been by single digits only two the other 16 have been by double digits they've been smacking people Donovan Mitchell has been playing out of his mind Mike be playing well Bojan Bogdanovich has been playing well look it's Rudy Gobert Quinn Snyder has really inserted a style of play in which they knock down threes and how fast they play they have been incredible now can it translate to the playoffs we will see but still, let's see if actually A D will be on the floor down the stretch. But the Utah Jazz is playing the best basketball in the Western Conference. Jay, right now. we got fifteen
3: seconds to push the floor. I need you to push the floor.
0: Don't worry, Key, I'm taking my time. I'm getting us in our sets.
1: I knew Key couldn't resist not getting in on the segment, especially after the third straight topic that bashed the Lakers. Utah's twenty two and five, Lakers are twenty one and seven. Utah's won seven in a row, February twenty fourth, Lakers at Jazz on the worldwide leader in sports. Next up. At two. Brad Stevens alert. Mild-mannered Brad Stevens. We got some issues here.
0: What the hell is going on, Boston? What is going on? This was supposed to be the year. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they take the next step in their career. Kimball Walker comes back off injury last year. He's trying to find his rhythm. Why are we 13-13? and 13? I, 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 Why have we lost our last seven to nine games? It seems like a lack of enthusiasm. It seems like a, a lack of sense of urgency. I watched Jason Tatum literally jog down the court last night. And it was a horrible play. Didn't even get back in the play. Brad Stevens, where is the accountability? It's time, Brad. It's time to bring championships back to Boston. Mm. Kyrie Irving was the problem. He's no longer there. Okay, this team is being built around a young core. Nine players, 25 or younger. Understand they're young, but if there's a time for Brad Stevens to take the next step in his coaching career by leading this team, it needs to happen right now. Mark it down. Well, I'm going to jump in real quick, Jay. If you remember, I told you and Perk when we first
3: kicked this show off and we were talking about the Boston Celtics and then deep running to the playoffs, I said that window, man. I said Mm -hmm. we we have been talking about them for the last four years about playing in the conference finals and doing that. Now that window is looking like it's getting ready to close on them. They got to get going, much like you said. I tried to warn y'all.
1: Yeah, key in on the Lakers and, of course, the Lakers' biggest rival. That leads us to what else? The one spot on the floor.
0: And running point.
1: At one. That's what they call the point guard, right? Welcome to the party, Kyrie. Here you go. Kyrie laying it down with the beard on how roles are going to be defined for the big three on over the weekend.
3: I'm doing a great job of just managing the point guard role. You know, we established that maybe four days ago now. I just looked at him. I said, you're the point
4: guard and I'm going to play shooting guard. And that was as simple as that. So he's been taking control of the responsibilities and doing an incredible job. And it just makes my job easier to just go out and play, play free and just make <laughs> plays. So it's a luxury.
1: Roles defined, Jay.
0: Roles defined. Key, this reminds me. You ever had that time? Key, I can see this happening, right? You and I are out. It's a late night, like, three, like 2 o'clock yeah. in the morning, right? And your, your teammate gets to the club. He's like, yo, what's up, man? Oh, man, this, this is cracking. You're like, yo, man, where you been? Like, we've been here at the party. Where you been? We've been here. This thing has been cracking. Like, what's going on? Like, welcome to the party, Kyrie. James Harden has been the point guard of this team, like I said, from day one. He's leading the league in assists per game, 11.6 the ball is best when it's in his hands. It's been that way, but I'm glad that Kyrie is finally, analogy, uh, finally acknowledging what we've all known to be true since the beginning of the James Harden getting to this franchise.
1: You know, the funny thing about that is the idea that you mentioned Harden and Kyrie and the roles that Kyrie essentially said after the game on Saturday night. The biggest uh, part of that whole game Saturday night was the other guy playing his old team. Yeah. Kevin Durant playing the Warriors. He looked great. And I heard Draymond Green say after the game, Steve Kerr, basically saying this guy looks tremendous you know Mm -hmm. we saw him when he was pre-injury he's post-injury a devastating injury and he looks amazing Steph essentially said the same thing everybody just and they got the video tribute I know the fans weren't there but a great moment for a guy like KD obviously who's emotionally First,
3: first first class organization obviously in Golden State but when you look at it KD's been KD all year long. I mean, I said that earlier in the season when he ran the floor and went up and, and, and tried to block a uh, a ball off the backboard. I could just tell that he felt good. He wasn't ginger or anything. But let me get back to Giannis, though, man.
0: No, I don't like <laughs> that, late. though. No, that was a little petty on Giannis' yeah, part. Yeah, he he's like, you need it's to little, worry little about Brown getting James out staff. the East.
3: First of all, don't worry about what's coming out the West. He need to worry about what's coming out the East. That's that's all I'm saying. I Giannis is a... MVP player and everything, but you know what I'm saying? Let's get out the East so you can see the Utah Jazz if they're the top team in the West.
1: The best in the West. Those were Giannis's, And that's coming from a Laker fan. That it is. Jazz (laughs) Lakers, like I said, nine days away. Jazz Lakers. That'll be big. That was Saturday when I mentioned that Harden and Kyrie, that conversation where they said, listen, here are the roles. And obviously, Kyrie knows of what he speaks because Harden dished 16 dimes that night. The Monday morning Mm. roundup brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone, three-time defensive player of the year. Hall of Famer. So how can we ask how much does J.J. Watt have left to try to win a Super Bowl? J.J. Watt, he's being released by the Houston Texans. He's
4: going to have multiple suitors. I'm going to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers, Tennessee Titans, Buffalo Bills. Last one, let's go Baltimore Ravens.
0: Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
4: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Keyshawn, J. Will and Zubin, the podcast.
1: No coincidence from our insider there, Jeremy Fowler, that all of those teams are Super Bowl contenders. And for a guy that's never even advanced to the AFC Championship game in his 10 year career, All spent with the Texans. You would think that's the last thing. He's got the Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's got the ticket to Canton, but he needs that ring like Keyshawn has. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. A reminder, tune in tonight for College Basketball. Florida State, Virginia coverage, 630 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Jay, we are just now a shade under one month from Selection Sunday, which will come on March 14th. Who will be marching towards J.J. Watt? It seems strange to say, but hey, look. It's a Hall of Famer waiting out there for someone to grab him. The most defensive dominant player of the decade that just passed. Suitors, Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider on our show earlier this morning saying the rich are about to perhaps get richer.
3: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And when you speak to people around the league, Tampa Bay literally
0: overnight has become this incredible destination. You have Tom Brady, a chance to win. Bruce Arians, who's going to take care of veterans like a J.J. Watt, no tax, practice on grass, play on grass, and a chance to win a Super Bowl. So if you're close to the end like J.J. Watt, and if you're Tampa Bay and you can't afford someone like Shaq Barrett
3: and you want to extend to keep Levante David or Chris Godwin, J.J. Watt's not nearly the same guy he once was, but 20, 25 snaps a game, he may help you get back to the Super Bowl. Look, hey. He could help a lot of teams, and he could help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I'm not getting rid of Shaq Beard. I'm making that work. Uh, pass rushers in the National Football League are at a premium. And J.J. Watt, if this was J.J. Watt of 10 years ago, right. we're having a different conversation. This is a 25-snap J.J. Watt. You don't get rid of a Shaq Beard, or you don't try and make it work with a Shaq Beard because J.J. Watt is out there. When you think about building teams, you're going to start with a quarterback, obviously. But you need somebody to go get a quarterback on the other team. Mm -hmm. Or you need somebody to protect a quarterback at left tackle. Or you need a shut down corner like a Jalen Ramsey. Those are the four premium positions, pass rushers. You see what guys like Khalil Mack can uh, uh, go and get. Von Miller, to a degree, Aaron Donald. J.J. Watt when he was young. T.J. Watt now with the Pittsburgh Studios. Or Demarcus Ware. Lawrence Taylor, those type of guys disrupt the offenses and cause problems. So the Buccaneers, if they could add a J.J. Watt along with a Shaq Beard, that would be the dream scenario for them.
0: From a lifestyle perspective for J.J. Watt, I mean, it makes the most sense for Tampa Bay, right? Coming from a, a warm place like Houston to a a degree, warm in Florida, just all that thing's for the body. I I would say that. But I I ultimately – I would love to see him go back home. I know he played for Wisconsin. I know he's from Wisconsin. To see Aaron Rodgers have a chance to team up with somebody like that for his defense, even if he is a low-voltage key, the fact that you can put him in the place that you need him to be there, uh, I I think go a long, long way for a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's trying to win another one.
3: You know, when you start to look at teams, I haven't really – studied everybody in the last three days where does JJ Watt fit? Like when you start to look at certain situations, could he go opposite of Miles Garrett in Cleveland? Uh can you pair him with Chase Young and what they're doing in Washington? I mean you start to look at all sorts of
0: I'm not trying like, to go to Washington Key. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl.
3: But but I'm but what I'm saying is what are the other moves that some of these other teams could potentially be making all of a sudden Washington lands JJ Watt and trades for Deshaun Watson. Now, all of us, you know, so you got to just see how it shapes up. Tom Brady goes from the New England Patriots after looking at, eh, maybe the Niners, eh, maybe Chicago. Tampa Bay looks good. Here's the roster. He has to do those things. Who are playing? Who's playing behind me? What the linebackers look like? What are the secondary guys? You know, he may wind up for all we know with the L.A. Rams. Looking at that defense, we just don't know until it happens.
1: It'll be fascinating to see because I agree with Jay. I mean, if you want to get that Super Bowl, Green Bay's out there. If you want to be able to say you played with your brother, Pittsburgh is out there. There are so so many opportunities. On the way, Tom Brady will never apologize. He threw two touchdowns to Rob Gronkowski and one to A.B. in the Super Bowl. They wouldn't be there without Tom. But it's another toss that Tom made that he's actually having to apologize for. That is on the way.
4: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled. So you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority.